Okay, good morning, everyone. Yeah. Good to see you all this morning. And I believe it's well. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, we want to talk to you this morning about growing in faith. You know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, a few weeks back, uh, Pastor Tony touched about faith, you know, and we want to also delve a bit more into it. And we are coming with the aspect of growing in faith. Um, as people of God, you know, we start somewhere, but we can't remain the same. We have to grow in something, you know. Wherever you start from, you have to end up somewhere. You know, we are running a race. And as we are running a race, you need to grow to run more. Well, when you see athletes, when they start, you know, they start by starting where they, you know, in the raw state. But as time goes on, they practice. You say, you say, Bo didn't get to where he was, where he is, just by that. You know, he had to train, he had to grow, he had to build upon something to get to where he is. And um, a few weeks back, we learned that there were there are different types of faith. Uh, believing faith, obedient faith, full of faith, and then great faith. This morning, we want to talk about growing in the faith. Growing the faith. And one thing we have to realize is that, or we know, is that each one of us has been given a measure. Yeah, you can't say you don't have anything at all. You have a measure. And what measure you have, you have to build upon it. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to build upon it. And as you build upon it, you, you know, you reach higher heights and you reach for the goal. God doesn't like stagnant things. You know, he's, he's a moving God. He's, um, he's, no, he's always moving. And you can't just be still. If you are still, it won't work. Hallelujah. So that's it. Um, I wanted to give a scenario like... Um, Supposing I give um, Phil a five-pound note just now. <laughs> Taking him to be like Daniel, my Daniel. <laughs> I'll get it back anyway. <laughs> Taking him to be my Daniel. <laughs> as soon as you give him this money, what he thinks about is McDonald's. No, he knows that with that five-pound note, when he gets to McDonald's, he knows what he's going to get. You know? And what I'm trying to imply is that God has given us something. He's, you know, even if you have a, you know, faith as little as a mustard seed, you know, there's something you can do. So with this little five-pound note, you know that, or you believe that when you get to McDonald's, there's something you will get from it. And when you build upon it, you know, as you grow, you have to build upon the five-pound note. I'm, I'm amazed. The last time I was talking to Daniel and he said, um, the five-pound note that I gave to him, he went to buy buenos and a few things from the shop. Took it to school, sold it, and make, made 10 pounds or whatever from it. No, he grew what he had. Because when he goes to McDonald's, he doesn't want to just get um, chicken wrap. He wants to get some ice cream. He wants to get um, whatever, no, add-ons to it. And what I'm implying is that with the little that we have, we have to have that you know, zeal to grow it. So that whenever we have to apply it, we have that faith, we have that confidence that if you go to McDonald's and you say that, okay, give me more ice cream, give me more this, you have prepared yourself and you have that strength 
you know, to apply, you know, to get whatever you want to get. Hallelujah. So, so before I've continued, this morning we want to come to you from Corinthians 10, 15. Yep. I'm not sure whether it's first mm. or second Corinthians. Second Corinthians 10, 15. Nor do we boast and claim credit for the work someone else has done. Instead, we hope that your faith will grow so that the boundaries of our work among you will be extended. Hallelujah. Yeah, Paul was speaking to the people in Corinthians about you know, faith, growing their faith. Because you know, as they grow their faith, he himself, his work can be extended so that he doesn't have to stand, you know, he has to, has to keep doing what he used to do. But he will be able to move on to do other things. And we ourselves, when we grow in our faith, we won't stay still, but we'll be able to go forth and do more with what we have. Hallelujah. So, we continue. Romans 12, chapter 3. Romans chapter 3, verse 12. For I... Let me use this. Romans 3, chapter... Romans 12, chapter, uh, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone... To everyone who is among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt each one of us a measure of faith. I've talked about it already. Okay. So, to delve into it, we want to say that, you know, growing our faith, we've heard about growing our faith, we need to grow our faith. The first thing we want to talk about is that faith is built upon or comes by hearing. And here I want to emphasize on the hearing. No, comes, uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. You know, it does, it's not just one, one affair. You have to hear and hear. Sometimes you'll be amazed. People hear 10 times before they catch what is being said or catch what God is you know, bringing to them. So we have to be prepared to hear. Sometimes you get people who think, oh, I've heard one, that's it. Sometimes that was not your time. There's a time that you hear and you hear, you know, you really hear. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So one thing we need to know that is that for us to grow our faith, we need to get into that you know, system of hearing. Be it in church, be it reading our word. You no, know, the word comes in different forms, but you need to hear. You need to hear the word of God. Hallelujah. And I want to also say that in Luke 8, 18, it says that, take, uh, therefore, take heed how you hear. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And whoever does not have, even what he seemed to, uh, to have will be taken from him. Hallelujah. When you read this, uh, before then, Jesus, uh, God, uh, Jesus was talking about you know, the, uh, the parable of the sower where the sower went to sow and then the word comes and then some fell on uh, rocky grounds, some fell on turning grounds, some fell on different type of grounds. So even in the form of hearing, we need to know that we need to also prepare our hearts. Because with the, you know, if your heart is right, you, know, you hear and hear well. And you'll be able to build on your feet. 
as faith comes by hearing. Hallelujah. Apart from the heart and know how you hear, we also have to know that there are so many different types of voices. First uh, Corinthians chapter 4, 4, verse 10, it says that there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without significance. Sorry, significance. Okay. So, one, one, one thing I, I want to say about this is that there are so many voices in this world. And if we are to build faith, where are you getting your source from? Where are you getting your word from? It's not just the word of God. When you go out there, there are so many words, you no know, things coming your way. So many people speaking different things. I always have to, we have to try and speak to Daniel because he goes to school and he hears something else. And he comes and asks, uh, why is this? Why is that? You know? And we don't want him to get to constantly hearing that and then building something on it. Because faith comes by hearing. So as you know, Christians, we also have to do our part to build in him the word of God. So that he builds a different type of faith. God faith. That will help him through life. Hallelujah. I think just to add one thing to the emphasis on significance. It's, it means that it has an impact. But that impact can be positive or negative. And that is highlighting the importance of what you're hearing and from the source of which you're hearing. Because if there's no good for you to hear one thing, you know, the positive thing, what God is saying about us, where God is taking us, and then enter into another realm and hear something else, that's just going to do away with all that you've heard about what God is doing. So the impact can be negative or positive. But you've got to be careful and know where it is good and where it is not. And cut out the voices that are not beneficial. The voices that are not helping you to build on your faith. Cut those out and strengthen the voices that are helping you to build your faith. The voices that are helping you to go in the direction that God wants you to go. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, let's continue. Um, In growing your faith, uh, one thing we have to also realize is that um, there will be some sacrifices. Some sacrifices will have to be made. Um, Genesis 22, um, we read that um, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moa, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Hallelujah. As Christians, we know we have some faith. We are building on some faith, and we are building on our faith, and we want to grow. We want to run the race and so on. But one thing we have to know is that there has to be sacrifices on the way. You can't say, I have faith in order to win my uh, draws in, but you're not uh, ready to sacrifice anything. Yeah. There has to be some sacrifices in our lives. And it will come in different forms. The more you grow in faith, the higher the sacrifice, or the bigger the sacrifice that will come your way. And we have to be prepared for it. You know, it's, it's something. You now, if Abraham and everybody went through, even God sacrificed his son, there has to be some sacrifice to achieve something, you know, so that we can build on what we are, or run the race and, finish the uh, course. 
Now, just one thing to add to that is, when you look at what God asked Abraham to do, some people say it was the highest form of sacrifice. It was almost synonymous to what himself God did by giving his son. Yeah. And I don't think there's any one of us that God asks us for that sacrifice yet. So whatever we have to sacrifice, I think that God has given us the grace to do it. Everything that we need to do, God has already given us the enablement, the ability to do it. You quite don't know what you can sacrifice until you actually try it. And it is, it is interesting to see how Abraham responded to that. And that in itself is an example to us in terms of what God is asking us to do and what he's asking us to give. If he can give his son to die for us, then, and we say that that is nothing that you can compare to anything, then there is nothing that he's asking me to do that I cannot do because he's already done the greatest sacrifice. So I can make some movement towards what he's asking me to do. Now, the other thing is, everybody's sacrifice is different. So I don't know what your Isaac is. You yourself know what God is asking you to give up or what God is calling you to sacrifice. I don't know what that might be, but everybody's sacrifices is different. And, you know, you might start on smaller sacrifices, but as your faith grows and as you continue on the journey, there will be higher sacrifices, but... God has given us the grace to do it. We can do it. Amen. The third thing we want to talk about is that faith requires action. And that is true. But I think we want to play emphasis on immediate and consistent action. So so when we look at James 2 from verse 14 all the way through to 25... It talks about the importance of having actions to accompany our faith. Now, the other day, Paul talked about the fact that actions on themselves on your own is not enough. Faith on its own is not enough. You need both to go together. And I think that we do that. But what we want to talk about this morning is how quickly are we doing that? I just want us to watch a video and then we will come back and talk a bit more about that. Sorry, we'll start again. Sure. 
Thank you. So let's forget about goo for a minute. <laughs> but what, we, what I'm trying to say is, when he said, jump, you have to jump, the first thing he, she said was, are you insane? <laughs> because he was asking, him to, asking them to do something that was impossible, that they were not going to be able to do. And how many times does God ask us to do things that's not possible? And we may not say that, but how many times, based on our, our, our reaction, are we saying, is this insane? <laughs> you know, how many times by not doing what God is asking us to do, we're trying to tell him that he doesn't know actually what he's asking us to do. He doesn't know what that entails. He doesn't know the hoops I have to jump through, but he does. And one of the things that you can pick up as well is the Margo, who is the oldest, and the two little girls. Is it not interesting how sometimes we can believe for some other people, we can have faith for people, but we don't? Because she said to them, jump, it will be okay. And God, Jesus asked us to come to him as little children. Because we don't, as little children, they don't reason so much. They don't think too much into it. They don't think about the details and dig about what can be and what cannot be. So they just jump. And sometimes that's what God is calling us to do. For us to know him and know that he knows what he's asking us to do. Everything he's given us is inside of us. The reason why we don't see those manifestations is because we don't act. We don't activate all the stuff that he's put on, into us. You don't know you can jump over a hill until you've done it. And you've got to the bottom of it successfully. But until then, you, never, you just don't know. You don't know you can do it. I've heard people say that the grave is the richest bit in the world. And why do people say that? They said because it's full of dreams and things that, it, things that people could have accomplished, but they never did. And they go to the grave with all those things. And that is because they never gave them, themselves the opportunity. They never trusted in God to do those, to do those things. Now, the other thing is, Margot hesitated. Now, as, you, as she stood there thinking about it and arguing it out, she said, but you, you, you let us go. An example is, you know, if you've done something before and it didn't work, that shouldn't stop you. And because he, she hesitated, she gave the, the bad guy the opportunity to catch up with her. So when she was ready to jump, she couldn't jump. And how many times in our walk do we let things hold us back just because we didn't act at the right time? Pastor Tony said that God has given us a frame. God has a frame within which he wants to work with us. And if we don't do what we are supposed to do at the right time, we have to wait for the next cycle to do it. And who knows how long that cycle is? Amen. So we've got to be, one of the things is you've got to be planted. You've got to be in a place where you know that you are nourished and you know the word, you know God himself and you believe and you're one with the word so that even before the word comes to you, you already know what he said in his word because everything he said in his word is true. So you just activate it. You just move in it. You don't give the enemy the chance to talk you out of it. You just do it. Thankfully, she, she got there and she was saved. But what has God called us to do and we didn't do? 
and we missed our opportunity because we're not coming back to do it. We, we don't know what's going to happen. How many times? You never know. So we need to change our nature. Let's responding quickly be part of our nature. Yeah. Take, do away with the hesitation. Know God. Be obedient. Unquestionable obedience. Obedience, I believe, walk faith hand in hand with faith. Because you believe, you move in faith. And because of that, your faith is built. And then you believe again, you obey, and then you walk in faith again. And then you move from one level to the next. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah just to add to it, um, you will realize that in the Bible, you know, people that were counted as you know, very faithful and God really acknowledged them was like Abraham. You know, when God asked him to go and sacrifice his son, when you read, you, uh, you realize that the next day, early the next day, he took up, you know, he just prepared and then took off. You know, there was no like, oh God, what if, what if, or wh- why, what, you know, it's no hesitation. You just act upon it. It's difficult, but we have to trust God. We have to have faith in God. That God, what God is telling us, you know, he knows what he's telling, uh, telling us. And if we act upon it, he will always see us true. Yeah. Hallelujah. Okay, I also want to talk about... Yeah, we need to... Um, as we grow on faith, as we you know, act upon the faith and try to reach or get in line with God or whatever, however you see it, we have to know that there will be some resistance or inhibitors on the way. And some of the resistance or some of the uh, inhibitors can be sickness, it can be fear, it can be doubt. You know, last uh, three, four weeks ago, pastor talked about doubt. And you now we, we heard so much about doubt, you know, how doubt can, uh, can affect our faith or can really, you know, affect what we need to actually do and build on our faith. And um, it can also be a lack of confidence. And it can also be believe, you know, believe in ourselves. How much of our uh, I is in me instead of God that is in me will determine the level of your, your, your faith. If you have more of yourself in you, then your faith will be low. Isn't it? But if you let go more of yourself and let in more of God, then your faith will be built upon or your faith will increase. Uh, can I? Uh, okay. No, just to add that, in terms of faith in inhib- inhibitors, sometimes we can let the status quo kind of just drown us. You do the things you do all the time. You don't challenge yourself and you just, you will stay there. You will not make any progress. You stay there. And I was, I was talking to Lisa about this and I was saying that sometimes we use the, and, and I've had people use, I've used it myself many times, God willing. So we say God willing. And I know why we say that. But sometimes I believe we use it as an excuse to stay where we are and not getting into action. So, for instance, if I use Dave as an example, you know, we all know Dave, Dave said God spoke to him about going into politics. So he has two choices. He can decide to say, this is too hard. You know, how am I going to get into, into this place? How am I going to get to number 10, let's say. So he decides to stay in his house. And every time anybody brings it up, he just say, God willing, God willing, God willing. 
But no, he didn't. And I, I asked Lisa this question. Did God say to him which party he needed to join? No. Did he tell me which timing? No. But the activation of what God has said to us is when we make those movements in believing that God has said it to me so he will guide me. And not let that stop you, but actually make some movement and believing that I'm going to join a party and I have faith that I'll join the right one. I'm going to do this and I have faith that it's going to. And as you do that, and it's a bit like, um, and use the other day, you don't see it, but as you step in, the path appears. And it, the path is not going to appear until we actually physically take their action. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ephesians 4.27 talks about us not giving place to the devil. And then when you go to James 4.7 to James 4, 7 to 10, it also talks that, um, therefore submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. You know, it talks about, you know, we drawing closer to God and so on. And we also want to say that, you know, as we build on our faith, we undergo some trials. Now we undergo some trials. James 1, verse 2 to 8 says that, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials or various temptations, depending on which uh, version you read, knowing, knowing that the testing of your faith produces uh, patience. Some also say that uh, for the trial of your uh, faith uh, brings perseverance. You know? So as your faith is, trial, uh, is tried, you build that strength, perseverance, to carry on. Hallelujah. Okay. That's it. So what do we want to say? What we want to say is that as you know, we grow in God, as we, um, Hebrews 11 verse 6 says that, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hallelujah. We need to be mindful of what we hear. We need to act on God's word to be able to grow. Hallelujah. Where we hear, what we hear, how we hear, how we prepare our hearts will help us build faith in us. Hallelujah. And we need to also act on God's word. Act on God's word. We don't have to hesitate. Hesitation brings other problems or delay no, some delay that you didn't you know, expect. And then you have to come back. You know, there's, I heard a saying, I don't know where it came from. It says that he who fights and runs away lives to fight another day. You, that, the problem won't go because you've run away from it. You have to ask God. You know, scripture says that um, we should ask. Um, it says that um, it was possible to place him. Um, when you read on, it says that we should ask God for wisdom. So when you go through trials and all these things, you have to ask God for wisdom because he will see you through it. Hallelujah. So we heard about, Pastor talk about our walk, our work, our witness, our worship. Our walk, our work, our witness, and worship. And one of the things that came to me is, as you walk and as you work, as you witness and as you worship, you don't do that on the same level that you started. 
So you build and you go on to the next level and then you walk, you work, you witness, you worship and then you go on to the next level from glory to glory to glory. And as you do that, you build, if you stay true to, to it, you build your faith and then you grow your faith and then you grow and you grow and you grow. And by the time you realize you're moving from just God asking you to speak to one person or do something, just the little things, to God asking you for great things. Why is this important? If we go back to these scriptures we started with, 2 Corinthians 10, 15, Paul was saying that he needed the people in Corinth, their faith to grow, so that he can go out and extend his territory, so that we can also go out and extend our territory. Because there's so much land to take. There's so much ground to cover. So Paul couldn't stay with them, just kind of nurturing them all the time. Paul needed them to move from just drinking milk to chewing meat. And why is it important? Because we have to go out and take territories. And if we don't let our faith grow, and if all we can do is within here, then we cannot have faith to go out there and take what is out there. Now, we use this analogy this morning, not analogy, the uh, prophet's declaration or the prophecy that Mary brought this morning about seeing this house being filled with water so much that it caused the front doors to open and the waters gushed out. And I was thinking about it relating to this this morning, that if our faith grows and grows very soon, we can't contain it here because you'll be looking for a fight. You'll be looking for some territory to take. You'll be looking for some land. And because of that, we're just going to best out of here and take the territory that God has already given to us. I want to leave you with with one question. How much of your territory have you taken? How much of the territory that God has given you have you taken? Is it 10%? 20? 30? 40? 50? He wants us to take all of it. I get greedy when it comes to these things. I want it all. I want to take it. And if you listen to Paul, he said, because I don't want to boast in another man's work. We want to take what God has given us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. What time is it? Well, I've got my watch is, yeah, so my battery on my watch has gone bust. So if there's no time, there's no limits. Uh, no, no. I don't want to detract. You know, faith is a, is a very core aspect of our life. And it's an aspect that I don't believe many of us take too seriously. And all the way through New Testament, He's talking about your faith, your faith, your faith. There's one thing that defines you is your faith. It's the one thing. Because without faith, we know it's impossible to please God. So if, there's, if that is the one core ingredient that God looks at to please him, how much more important should it be in our lives? 
If I knew this one thing I do to my wife that does not bring her pleasure, what do you think my response should be? To stop it. To stop it. Equally, if I know there's one thing that will bring her pleasure, am I not more obligated to do that one thing? Sure. The thing is this morning, two people stood up as one and delivered the word to us. Okay? And this scripture's been in my mind all morning, so you're going to get it whether you or not. But when I woke up this morning, this scripture is in my mind. And it's from Corinthians when it says, you know, what have I done? I've just lost it now. It's just going to, because I saw something else in the Bible and I flicked. It's Acts, is it? From when, when Paul says, I water, one sows, where is it? Someone found it for me. I've just had it and lost it. Can you find it, anyone? Let me know where it is. You sure it's in Acts? You'll find it for me somewhere. Anyway, Paul's talking about, there's a discussion going on about Apollos and Paul. So let's put that in the context of Irene and Ralph. Here it is, I found it. 1 Corinthians, book of Acts, what you like, you lot. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So was it, was it, was it Ralph who sold or was it Irene? Well, let's see what scriptures just says in it. I just want to put this in. This thought came into my mind this morning. What after all is Ralph? What after all is Irene? It doesn't say that. It says Paul and Apollos, but I'm going to use in the context of what you've just heard. The servants. So who are they? The servants. Through whom you've just come to believe. As the Lord has assigned to each his task. They had a task this morning of ministering the word to us. Did they not? And did they not have to use their own faith to stand here? Was that not like them jumping out of that plane? Yeah? They had to go first in order to convince you and me that if you jump, God will catch you. If you God, it's like if you jump, there's a line there, a secure line there, and the minions... <laughs> We'll step down from heaven and they'll, somehow they'll lay hold of us. But here's the scripture, what, what God spoke to me this morning. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. There is a ministry of planting. There's a ministry of sowing and there's a ministry of watering. Now, they can't water what has not been planted. Hopefully this morning... They was watering where somebody else has already planted. If there's no seed in the ground, in your ground, all you have this morning is a wet ground. Think about this. So hopefully this morning they left, oh, I should say, let me back up a minute. They left us with a challenge. What are you going to do about it? Well, if there's no seed in the ground, there's absolutely nothing you will do about it. And there's nothing you can do about it. But the question is, is what seed do you have in the ground? Do you have seed? Now, just stop a minute before you answer this question. Do you see in your life there is seed? Would you say there's seed in your life? Okay, you guys at the back, you're all quiet. What do you think? Do you think you've got seed in your life? 
Because if you've got, now the next question is, how did it get there? If a seed got there, did it just, was it just blown by the wind or did somebody sow it? Right, so if there's seed in your life, then the next thing you've got to do, well, the first thing you did was acknowledge it. The second thing you have to do is take responsibility. The Bible says you've been born again by the incorruptible seed. So there is a seed there, but it's whether you recognize there's a seed there. Because if David doesn't recognize there's a seed in his life, then why does he need to water it? It makes sense. So there's an, this morning there was, an, there was a Paul and there was an Apollos stood up ministering to you. Now one was planting and one was sowing. Or one was watering, should say. I'll let you work out which one was which. Was which. It doesn't really matter. The issue is, is whether there is seed in you this morning. Think about this. So if there is seed in you this morning, the next thing you must now go and do with it, what, so the next thing you must do with that seed is water it. See this? Now I woke up with this in my spirit this morning and I believe it's for you. I planted the seed. Paul was clear. He planted the seed and Apollos watered it. But there was very, there was often times when Paul didn't plant the seed, he was watering it. Because people had gone before him. Now I know this morning, they were watering what the elders have planted. Because they're building a foundation that's already been laid. However, but new thoughts are coming to you. As they speak, new thoughts come. Thoughts are seeds. And as a thought comes and a seed comes, they read a scripture this morning that I'm going to go away and play with. Because I've just seen something just from the scripture that as they read. I saw something, caught something, and made some notes in my Bible straight away. I'll go and play with that. Why? Because they've planted a seed just from that scripture. Now it's my job to go and water it. And then there's another level. It's the, it's the Lord's responsibility now to give the increase. But God cannot bring increase in your life until You've, you've watered what somebody else has planted. Notice, they're not fighting for the adulation. Are they? Ralph speaks, Irene speaks, it's a team. As they say in German, dimension. Dimension shaft. The team. Right? They functioned as a team this morning. And as they functioned, neither one of them was looking for the, the limelight. But they worked as one. However, now you must go and water what's been planted in the belief that God will then bring to your life increase. Increase. The issue is they're not fighting who is the sower and who's the waterer. They're trusting, you, they're trusting what they've said to God. And God will bring the increase. However, you must be concerned as the receiver, what, you, what will you do with this word? Yeah. If there's any seeds there this morning, you need to water them. And then God will bring the increase. And look for the increase. Look for the increase. Every time someone speaks in this house, I always look for the seeds. And then I know I'll go away and I'll water it and I'll water it. Every time I go to Malaysia... There, I come back with a bag full of seeds. And some of those seeds, I have, to be, I have to be honest, I don't water. But other seeds I do. 
and the seed that I water begins to bring growth in me and then begins to grow, bring growth in you. The more you take what's being planted or what I'm sowing and the more you water it, the more you have the right to look for increase. Seriously. Now, the other thing is about the water. We see a picture of the water come, you know, the doors opening. Now, did the water come from within inside or does the water come from outside? The water's got to come from inside. If the church is going to open, to me, when I see that picture, that's a picture of the church breaking out. That's not a picture of God breaking in. Why? Because the door shouldn't be closed for him to break in. The doors, he should already be in the house. So if the water level is going to rise, then where's the water coming from? Right. The water, if, that, if we take that picture literally and the doors open, that means the water's got to build up internally for it to push and bring a force that opens the doors externally. Right. But that water has got to be developed somewhere. So I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at you. And as that water level in you and that water level in me begins to increase, as I water it, because out of you will come streams of living water. So as that water level begins to increase, as you water your life and make sure your own garden is watered, then that water begins to burst out as a collective force. But it starts with the planting. What God plants, you must water. And then God will then bring the increase to our lives and bring the force and the pressure behind it and then it will just, boom, go. God is not just going to take hold of us when we weren't ready. Those days of thinking like that should come to an end. God isn't going to do anything behind your back. God works with you, in you, through you. That's what he does. So God isn't just all of a sudden going to, you're not going to wake up tomorrow and all of a sudden be in revival. It doesn't work like that. God does a work in you. So every time, what did Mary do when she received the seed? She said, let it be unto me just as you have said. So straight away she was acknowledging the seed of what he said was now her responsibility. I'm now going to keep hold of this word. And she watered it. She watered it. And as she watered it, lo and behold, her waters broke. And as her waters broke, the Christ came forth. There is no difference in that analogy than with you. As you keep watering it, watering it, watering it, eventually your waters will break and Christ will come forth. And wise men come and seek you out. Why? Because they hear of what God is doing. People see what God is doing within you and they are drawn by the Spirit to what is is happening and moving inside of you. It's called the move of God. But it starts with the water level. So we have to become more attentive, more responsible to keep watering what we're receiving because if we don't water what we receive the seed will get trampled on and it will never bring forth Christ because at the end of the day 
the woman said at the well, come and see a man. They're looking for a man. And when I say a man, I mean a man stroke woman. People are looking for a man. You are the representation of Christ. They're looking for you first. And out of you, they see Christ. Amen? Don't expect Christ to keep talking to people. You are Christ to people. You're not the Christ, but you can represent him. Amen? So let's just stand to our feet this morning, if we will, please. It's God who makes things grow. Is that true? Yes, but let's not just read one scripture. Let's take other scriptures. What about God and man? What about God walking with man? God makes things grow when you walk with God. Amen? The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose. This morning, Ralph and Aaron had one purpose. Yes, they have one purpose. And each will be recorded to their own labor. So they'll get their reward. But we are God's fellow workers. Who? We. We are God's fellow workers. And you are God's field. God is building. By the grace of God, by the grace of God has given me, I laid the foundation. And someone else is building on it, Paul says. But we, we will reward. Sorry, uh, come back. The man who plants and sows waters has one purpose. And each one be recorded to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. So let's just raise your hands if you will. I want you to take this watering seriously. There is no water shortage in the kingdom. Why? Because the more you connect and the more you have an intimate relationship with the Lord, the more you, you're saturated by him, his word, his presence, his glory, his word. It begins to just manifest on the inside. You just leak. You can't help it. Saturated by the presence of God working in you, on you and through you. So this, this morning I want you to take the words of what Ralph and Aaron have sown in the spirit into your heart. And I want you to sow it. Take a step this morning. If nothing else of what they said, use the illustration that they gave us. Take a step this morning. God will catch you. It's God who's calling you. You will not fall. He who is able to keep you from falling. The Bible says that. Now unto him who is able. Thank God. God is able. Able for, to do what? To keep you from falling. But the Lord says take a step this morning. Take a step. Keep looking at him. Keep your eyes on him this morning. Keep watering the garden this morning. Water your life. Coming to church on a Sunday is not water in your life. You must walk with the Lord. Work with the Lord. Oh, Father, we ask you, oh God, in the Spirit of God, to move, Lord, upon your people, Lord. Stir the garden, Lord. Cultivate the garden, Lord. Turn the soil of the garden, Father. Make those seeds, oh God, get those seeds ready for growth, oh God. I pray, Father, for the rains of the Holy Spirit to flow within us. Let the water level rise within us. Let springs of living water rise up from within us. Oh, Father. Shatara baba karianda. Se darama marianda. 
Just as the springs rose up in, Gen in the book of Genesis. The heavens opened up. The earth opened up. Everything was open. And the water level just increased. And it flooded the earth. Let there be a flooding of the Holy Spirit in your life. Let there be a complete in emergence. A fresh baptism in the Holy Spirit. Bringing a fresh release of the waters of the, of the living God upon your life. Come on, a fresh water. Release unto me, Lord, a fresh living water this morning. From my life. Oh, Riamama Sapare Kurianda. The greatest cry God ever heard is the one that came from you. And by Him, the Spirit of God, we cry, Abba Father. Let the cry come from your spirit this morning. Abba Father. Release to me <coughs> rivers of living water. Sitarabamakurianda. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. He's looking for you. He's looking for God within you. The Holy Spirit is looking for the God within you this morning. The Holy Ghost is searching for the God who is within you. He's able to keep you from falling. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Stop looking to your own natural intelligence. Stop looking for your own, for making your own ways in life. Start trusting God to lead you by his spirit. Oh, Father. My God, my God. Every day, folks, you must speak out what you know, what you read, what you hear. You must speak it out. That's what creates the water. Faith comes by hearing. That's the watering. So there's two aspects. You've got to hear. That's the physical reading. That's the physical reading and the physical listening and praying to God. That's the physical aspect. But what comes back to you. You then must begin to, that's a spiritual sense. You now must begin to rise up and speak it out in faith. That's when your life begins to be watered. That's when the seed gets watered. So you speak, you listen, God speaks, you hear, you receive, and then you sow it back. And as you keep sowing it back and keep speaking, you begin to water the ground of your own life. And greater faith comes to you. Keep sowing it back into the spirit. Hear, so you read your Bible. Read it out. As you hear it, speak it out again. And sow it out again. And keep reading until you keep hearing new things. And as you keep hearing new things, keep speaking it out. And as you keep hearing, keep speaking. As you keep speaking, you'll keep hearing. As you keep hearing, keep speaking. And the cycle, it just begins to create. This momentum in the spirit. It is a word water cycle. But you've got to keep speaking it. Saturate your own land. Start with the scripture. Stay with the scripture. I said start with the scripture and stay with the scripture. Just speak what you hear God saying to you and what you read. From what you read. 
This is how we'll create the water flow. This is how we'll create the water flow. So I read this word. I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. Okay, this morning, let's just say, for instance, I'm speaking. Well, I planted the seed this morning. Okay, but God made it grow. Lord, you'll, you'll, you will make the seed grow this morning. Lord. I prophesy that you will make the seed grow. All I'm doing now is speaking the very thing that my spirit has just caught. And as I catch it, I speak it out. And as I keep speaking it, fresh thoughts will come to me. And I keep speaking them out. And all I'm doing is watering the atmosphere and the seed over my life. That's how it's done. It can be lonely. It can be hard. But you keep on doing it. And then suddenly the waters break through. And everything that's an obstacle in your life just gets pushed out of the way. Why? Because the word, without the word, there is no seed. Let me say that again. Without the word, there is no seed. The word is the seed. And that's why man should not live by bread alone. But by everything that comes from the mouth of God. So the seed. So thank you this morning, Ralph and Irene. Thank you for the word that you sowed and watered. Now we look for the increase as we take our responsibility. Amen. Come on, let's just raise our hands. Let's just thank the Lord for the word. Thank for the seed. We will take it. We'll take the word, we'll take the seed, and we'll begin to sow it. If nothing else you remember this morning, remember that, that visual illustration. But if you remember other things, fantastic. But if nothing else, remember, God is waiting. And God speaks from this side and he says, Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling. That's all you need to know. That's confidence to take the next step. That gives you confidence to take the next step. So Father, we take the next step with faith and expectancy and adventure. Faith, expectancy and adventure. Faith, expectancy and adventure. Father, we thank you for the word. And right now, let it, as we join in with the words of Mary. Let it be unto me, just as you have said. Father, God is good, and I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. For you are my rock, you are my portion. And Father, right now in Jesus' name, thank you for Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Amen.